Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Podcast. This is your host, Agnes, and this is another episode where I'm joined by Nachi Junankar. Hello. Hi, Agnes. Thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. So Nachi is someone whom I connected on LinkedIn. Quite a few of our uh, podcast guests were, were connections from Twitter. And, and, and Nachi, you're the first one that I connected with on LinkedIn, and that was because I read a fantastic article series that you wrote, and this is what we're going to be talking about. But maybe as a way of introduction, um, Nachi is a passionate individual about building long-lasting companies that build amazing technologies that change the world, quite simply, and I, I love this. And he loves building world-class teams and a creative entrepreneurial company culture. And he's currently the CEO and co-founder at Face Forward, which is building the world's most personalized job and career coaching platform. And that's also something that we will discuss with Nachi just in a second. So Nachi, the, the, the article series that I, I read and found incredibly insightful on LinkedIn was the series that you call The Game of Jobs. So would you mind uh, firstly taking us through a little bit your journey as how you arrived to founding, co-founding Face Forward, what motivates you? And then we can go into talking about the game of jobs. Right. So first, thanks for having me, Agnes. And so the way I got here is uh, you know, I've built uh, four companies before uh, in the Boston area, and this is my fifth. And uh, uh, when I left my previous company, Open Mobile, uh, which I had uh, founded and built, um, I started talking to, you know, uh, friends and advisors and mentors about, uh, you know, what are the big problems out there. And uh, I spent uh, a lot of time with my uh, current co-founder, uh, Marv Goldschmidt, and uh, uh, we talked about uh, a lot about, you know, what kind of technology can actually help people? How do you use uh, the data and technology infrastructure that um, resides in the cloud and on the internet and so forth and so on, uh, and apply that to the benefit of people. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Companies like Facebook and Google have uh, uh, an amazing and successful business model, which is uh, 
they provide a, a some sort of a service to you, and then you provide them a huge amount of data. Uh, and there is some benefit to the uh, end user. In Google's case, information is easily accessible, and in Facebook's case, uh, making uh, connections, uh, connecting with people is uh, is uh, uh, much easier, and communicating is much easier. But there is really no sort of fundamental uh, problem that they're solving for the individual. If you look at the the business models that exist right now, they're all about taking your data and monetizing it, right, for for the company's benefit, which is great, which is a great, successful, well-established business model. And uh, however, the the individual, uh, you know, is on the other side of that because they're not sure what they're bargaining for, right? And they don't have the information. Uh, the information availability is, you know, hugely asymmetrical, right? And so uh, the institutions and the companies have a lot of information, a lot of power, uh, whereas the individuals don't. And so we wanted to find something mm-hmm. that says, hey, how can you use your own data for your own benefit? And so we looked at you know health, which is a very tough business to be in in the U.S. Uh, we looked at uh, family, uh, which is also a pretty tough business to be in, and then we looked at work, and we found that work was just uh, the more we thought about it, the more we looked mm. into it, we found that work was just so incredibly important for for almost everyone. Uh, it affects where you live, it affects what you eat. Affects where you shop. It affects uh, uh, really how well you take care of your family and uh, you know your self-esteem, your um, confidence level. It affects everything in your life, which is you know if you come to think about it, there aren't a lot of things in the world that are like that. You know, your health is one of them, and your family's the other. And uh, uh, so, Marv and I spent a lot of time uh, you know looking into these areas. And uh, and we found that uh, we found the area we wanted to go after was just work, and within that context, uh, again, um, there's this uh, uh, massive asymmetry between uh, how companies and uh, recruiters recruit, and the amount of information they have, and uh, the amount of information uh, and knowledge that the individual has, you know, and. So uh, we found it phase forward uh, to uh, to actually support the individual uh, so that they could better match into mm-hmm. this world, uh, this sort of HR recruiting world that they have no idea uh, how to match to. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think if we can maybe go back a little bit, um, you refer to um, a specific study in one of your articles, the McKinsey report about um, online platforms for matching uh, skills to labor market uh, demand. And I think it's so obvious, right? This problem is staring all of us uh, in the face that there is a huge number of unemployed people or people desperate to finding a job or changing their job. Um, And there's also what we hear from the media, a huge number of unfilled positions, especially in healthcare, in IT, in some of the green jobs. And one just keeps wondering why that is. And I think that's how 
you also approach this basically, no, to to figure out a much better way to match people's aspirations and skills um, to to the, the those who are offering meaningful jobs. Yeah, I mean the the like you pointed out the there's so many well done studies out there that that talk about the the sheer depth and breadth of this problem, uh, and you know we've all seen the headlines and we've all looked at the data, uh, and uh, uh, James Manika, who uh, actually spent some time with uh, at uh, at Next Economy. Uh, was one of the uh, leaders of the McKinsey report. Um, and, uh, you know, the simple truth is that companies cannot find the people they need for the work that they need done, mm. and people cannot find um, uh, the work that they need, jobs that they need that would pay them, you know, uh, a good wage and, and so forth and so on. And... Uh, uh, you know, we can see that uh, this is a, a problem that uh, affects, you know, anywhere between 500 and a billion people uh, on the planet. And uh, it has huge impact on our economy because if people can't, you know, uh, find the right kind of work that pays them the right kind of wage, they can't buy stuff. If they can't buy stuff, uh, you know, uh, uh, the economy suffers. And so, uh, so the problem is really huge, and uh, what we're what we're saying about this solution is we're saying that you have to take control of this um, situation as an individual, as a job seeker, or as a career seeker. Right? Uh, no one else is going to do this for you. You have to uh, be sort of relentless. Uh, you have to advocate for yourself. Uh, you have to uh, learn the rules of this game. Um, you have to master this game because the simple truth is that you are going to have to do this year after year after year after year for the next 40 years, mm. okay? You're going to be in the job market all the time, right? It's, this is no one's, you know, in my opinion and many of my teammates' opinion, um, you're never off the job market. You know how people people always say, "Yeah, I'm always looking." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's truth to that. People are always looking because they know they need to be always looking to to get to the next level. And so, what we want to do is empower people to advocate for themselves uh, and give them the support, the knowledge, the coaching, uh, explain to them the rules of this game, and. Uh, and uh, so that they can be empowered and they can have uh, much more control uh, and much more um, uh, sort of a, um, a much more deliberate approach to, to going after the jobs that they want to go after and a focused approach. Absolutely. Now, maybe for the benefit of the listeners who are wondering um, about some of the uh, problems to which you are seeking an answer through Face Forward, would you just maybe like to take some time to explain how currently uh, the job matching works on these online platforms and what is the problem with that? And I'm specifically referring to, you know, when the baby is thrown out with the bathwater, when a lot of the skilled people still don't find um, or are not matched to a job for even which they would be qualified for. 
Right. So, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, it's sort of the, uh, to, to a large extent, that's the core of the problem, which is that um, when you send a resume or your profile to a, uh, to a um, company, you know, whether you email it or you apply through the uh, online system, uh, more than 80% of uh, the resumes are screened out by by algorithms and by screening software and uh, the purpose of the screening was to you know keep the unsuitable candidates out right but what's happened is that it's the the system so haphazard now that your resume could be thrown out uh, you know into the garbage bin just because it has the wrong font just because it has the wrong format Right, and it could be something as simple as that. And uh, the real problem with that is that, as a job seeker, I have no idea that this is going on. I'm just, you know, I worked on my resume. I think it's a good fit, and I'm sending it in there, and nothing happens. Right. And there's the other side of things. The other, the other part of this thing is that there's a lot of scoring and statistical algorithms that are being used to sort of score people. Uh, and rank them against each other, right? So if if a job listing gets a thousand applications, you know there's software out there that ranks those resumes on those applications um, based on a very opaque, uh, completely opaque sort of statistical analysis, right? So how do I know how I can score higher? I right now I have no idea as a job seeker how to tweak my resume, how to adjust my profiles to, uh, to get a higher score, right? There's no way for me to do that right now. And, and so that's what I mean when I say that companies and recruiters are throwing out perfectly good candidates uh, who are really well-skilled and well-matched to the particular job or particular work that they're looking to get done. Uh, but they can get through this through the system. They're, they're always on the outside. Absolutely. And what we want to do is we want to give you sort of the uh, power and the insight to, to be an insider. So, so, and that's why, you know, I like the game analogy simply because uh, there's, you know, rules and there's winners and losers and that sort of thing. So it, it's actually a pretty apt analogy for this situation. Yeah, because you, you, you need skills, but of course you also always need a little bit of luck. Um, so I, I also think that the game analogy is really fitting and, you know, I particularly, um, really like uh, listening to you and your explanation because a lot of what we work with at the, at the work life hub and a lot of what we see now emerging from thought leaders around the world of work is that there is going to be more and more atypical careers, more and more people with detours in their resumes um, I mean, just, you know, people having children is going to impact their careers and they may, you know, take back a little bit and dial down sometimes, or if they have caring responsibilities, they may need to dial down or, or maybe completely step out if they have an illness, whatever, and then come back. And I guess also, as soon as you have these gaps in your resume, you're, you're, you're basically probably 50% down already because how do you explain 
to a machine that I was actually taking care of someone or learning very vital life skills because I was exposed to this or that. And another interesting thing that I wanted to just test with you, um, also someone at this OECD Future of Work Forum said that millennials or those actually now in school, they will not only have 30 different jobs, but they will have also five, six different careers in sectors that we may not even know that jobs will exist. That's right. I mean, there's, you know, there's so much there to talk about. You know, if you... um, if you um, look, uh, if you, if you look at the um, millennials, for example, um, they are going to have multiple careers, right? And um, they are going to have to learn really fast. They're going to have to match into you know jobs really fast, and um, um, it's going to be a massive, massive challenge for the global economy in in how to sort of keep that engine going. Uh, and having a a um, agile uh, workforce. By agile, I mean a workforce that moves, uh, you know, smoothly and frequently around um, uh, around uh, careers and jobs is is critical for the functioning of the of the economy. Uh, you know, as you as you know, and as I'm sure I, uh, your listeners know. Um, you know, uh, quit rate, number of people, percentage of people quitting jobs is a very um, potent indicator of how good the labor market is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it is a challenge. And the 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 challenge with the transitioning people, so for example, you know, moms or dads going back to work uh, after having a baby. Uh, military veterans uh, coming back home after you know their their tours and serving their country, um, uh, people who are changing careers because they're just sick of it or they got into it because they had no choice. Uh, people in their uh, last quarter of their career in their 50s and 60s where they want to uh, do something different but, but utilize their skills. Uh, because they have to stick around uh, for a longer time in the workforce because they, you know, the retirement uh, and social security is not what it used to be. Uh, so there's so many complex and, and frankly painful transitions that people have to suffer through. Even today, when I think about the future, right? This is the present of the work. It's not just the future of the work. Hmm. Well, of, this is the present. <laughs> yeah. This is the present of work, not future of work, right? Uh, which is, you know, take military veterans, right? You might have incredible, you know, skills in terms of leadership, in terms of team building and management, and uh, you know, you you'll have an incredible work ethic. Uh, you'll have real skills like software skills and using database and inventory management and so forth and so on. Uh, but how do you come back and translate that to to the civilian world? Right, mm. it's. It's almost impossible. Now think about it this way. Just for a person who is in the civilian world, even in a particular sector, in a particular industry, with a particular profession, even for them, it's really hard to match into a job, right? And so how much harder is it for somebody who's you know, taken a year or two off to to go uh, fight a war and, and come back and match into this strange world um, that they've been out of for a while? 
it's it's tough. It's tough, and uh, we're trying to help. Uh, and you know, for the moment, uh, this is a start. And there's another you know thing that we really don't like to talk about too much as a company, which is this whole career development uh, uh, piece that you sort of hinted on, which mm-hmm. is, you know. <clears throat> Okay, so you got a job today because you used, uh, you know, face forward system, and you got a, you got the right coaching and the right resume and so forth and so on. And what happens next time? Okay, you can come back and do the same, and that's great. But how do you make sure that you have a trajectory that's positive, that's going somewhere, right? That's going somewhere that that <laughs> uh, that's desirable for you, for the individual. And so our platform has the capability to do uh, a lot of great stuff around career development. Uh, but, uh, you know, we believe that people uh, have significant pain in the job seeking process mm. and we want to solve that pain. And, uh, and as we solve that pain, uh, uh, for our customers anyway, uh, we will uh, over time be able to uh, offer them potent, uh, you know, uh, services and technology uh, enabled things that will that will help them uh, with their careers. Uh, so for example, if you're a graphic designer today, you know, and you got your first job and your second job using face forward. <clears throat> uh, and we'll be able to tell you that, you know, uh, this, you're on a good path to be an art director, but you need to acquire some new skills. Mm. Uh, uh, you can make more money. You'll have more job security. You, the city you live in has good good opportunities for you. Uh, but here's four things that you need to learn that you don't know today. Uh, and, and whether it's tools or technologies or process or knowledge, we can surface that for you. And we can help you uh, even upskill uh, or right skill for that particular you know, career path. That's but again, that's, yeah. That, yeah. that sounds amazing. I think, you know, sign me up. <laughs> <want to>. yeah. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, how you, whether you have, and I, I'm pretty sure you have, and, and how you would approach the issue on working time and place flexibility. Because that is also something that, you know, we, in the pre-podcast recording chat, we, we talked a little bit about the sharing economy platforms, that they are pretty simple and straightforward to use. Um, but also it's because it offers people the flexibility, you know, to switch it on and off whenever they want. So how will you, if you will, address perhaps these more now more individualized requests and um requirements or, or desires of people to be really in control of their own time and place of work? Yeah, I mean, there is this whole sort of um, uh, discussion around the sharing economy. Uh, there's a whole dimension of the market, uh, uh, sharing economy, and people call it the gig economy, uh, and things like that. And, you know, I have pretty strong and straightforward feelings about the sharing economy, which is, uh, and we talked about this earlier, which is, uh, <clears throat> well, the sharing economy is a desperate economy. You know, uh, the reason people are driving the Uber, renting that room in their apartment, working at Starbucks, 
and doing call center work at night uh, is because they can't match into uh, uh, you know the right kind of job. And there is uh, obviously a, a strong correlation uh, of this problem to the education system globally, mm. right? And that's something that that I've discussed as well in in the Game of Jobs series. And in terms of the you know notion of flexibility, um, I think there's there's a trade-off between security and flexibility, right? And I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I have opinions about it, but I don't know for a fact if people are making those trade-offs willingly, right? So in other words, if you were given a choice between having a job <clears throat> that uh, is satisfying, pays you well, gives you the security that you need, gives you the resources to provide for your family, uh, versus having these three or four sharing economy type gig type jobs or gig type gigs, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, uh, which one would you choose? And I'm sure there's a certain percentage of people uh, that would choose sort of the freedom and risk and flexibility over security. But I would venture to say, just looking at the sort of percentages of people that become entrepreneurs and leave the safety of their jobs, which is a very, 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 very small percentage mm -hmm. of people on the planet, um, I would venture to say that that would directly correlate to the people uh, who want to sort of have that gig-type lifestyle, you know. So if people are offered mm -hmm. the choice between one and the other, I would say that over 90% of people, uh, over 90% of time, would choose a, a real job over a gig yeah absolutely i think so too and the issue is only that if you i think it it would be definitely worth digging more into um what why people choose the gig economy or to be a freelance and then what are those flexibilities that they they really want to keep and then make sure that those um, clients that would advertise through FaceForward, they make it very clear that this job can be available to be worked from home or part-time or flexible hours or night shifts, whatever, especially in the knowledge economy. Now it's almost not going to matter anymore. But I find that that's when there's now this niche of HR and recruiter firms that that are flourishing that are coming also out from the kind of moms <laughs> mom job seekers where very very qualified women who had to just step back because of when they had their children after that they weren't willing to make those kind of trade-offs that meant that they would be commuting for hours they wouldn't see their kids um, they wouldn't be able to make the soccer games whatever and and that's when this flexibility requirements so so i think it's really which you just said also before when we chatted about striking a balance is that you know having just gigs is perhaps the one end of the spectrum or maybe the the totally end of the spectrum is being totally jobless and then you have kind of a spectrum between that and then on the other end having a full-time really secure job with with quite important constraints 
and then there is this kind of 50 shades of gray in between on the labor market. <laughs> and I think that's so tricky to find those, you know, because it's highly individual where people want to situate themselves on this kind of scale. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the how um, how much flexibility do people have on a day to day basis is is a uh, function fundamentally of of the type of work that needs to be done, uh, as well as the culture of the of the place, mm -hmm. right? So what we do uh, in Phase Forward in our platform is we actually ask you, you know, how do you, what are your preferences? What kind of work do you want to do? How much flexibility do you need for your life to be to be uh, uh, you know satisfactory? Uh, because I think that an employer would benefit from knowing that uh, this person really values flexibility, and an individual would benefit from knowing that this company uh, does or does not offer the kind of flexibility that they're mm -hmm. looking for because they can move on and focus on companies that do offer them uh, the flexibility, right? So if, you are, if you're the kind of company that says, you know, you got to be in the office 99% of the time, uh, I don't care how long your commute is uh, and how old your baby is, uh, the, uh, the job seeker needs to have knowledge of that, right? The job seeker needs to know that, you know, is this the kind of company I want to work for? Right, and frankly, currently, this is this is something that only comes up, you know, way later in the process during the interviews and things things like that, right? And yeah. and what we're trying to do is eliminate a bad match, uh, you know, uh, as early as, as early possible, as possible right? exactly, so that you're not yeah. spinning your wheels and wasting your time on <clears throat> on on stuff that uh, you know uh, you're not going to take anyway. And I think that um, something that comes up more and more is authenticity. And I, I think that something that maybe worked in the 80s and 90s, that you would apply for a job, try to polish up your resume to fit the requirements, um, fit into the perfect worker mold, um, and then become really frustrated and burn out and leave is I think something that people are no longer willing to, to, to play along. I think more and more people would want to rather be honest up front and say, hey, you know, I actually Wednesday afternoons and I have to do something else. So I wouldn't be able to work on that. Would you be agreeable to that? So I think that what you're doing is absolutely fantastic because it would really allow to go into this conversation very, very honestly from very early on. Yeah, I mean, you want to go into these conversations eyes wide open, uh, you know, knowing knowing um, uh, what you're getting into, uh, you know, mm. and have having some degree of precision around around that understanding, right? Um, uh, because you know, at the end of the day, life's too short to be miserable in a job. So, you know, and I couldn't right, agree more. Right. <laughs> Now, before we go to our last question, uh, would you like to remind listeners where they can uh, find you, reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, they can find, obviously, information about the company on AngelList as well as on faceforward.it. Um, and uh, they can find uh, my team and I on, on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, 
So I invite you know everyone to that's listening to get engaged, um, uh, you know, and and uh, offer us their help and support to uh, to take uh, this sort of critical solution and platform to to the next level. And I'd I'd be grateful for that. Great. So we'll put all of these also into the show notes so people make sure people can find you. Now, coming to the last question, which is always the same. If, Nachi, I could ask you to give one advice to a CEO to make an improvement to his or her job seeking, um, job matching, um, really opening up to to getting the talent and skills that they they can have what would that advice be yeah i think you know frankly from my standpoint the message is for the individual that uh, it's not really to to the to the companies and you know my my message to the individual is take control uh, you know because if you if you don't take the initiative and take control uh you're you're the you're the one who's going to suffer the most uh, and uh, you're the one that that uh, that needs uh, uh, a livelihood uh, that also is at least somewhat satisfactory to you. Uh, and uh, uh, take control. Uh, you know, take charge of your situation. Uh, you know, learn the game. Uh, learn the rules of the game. Uh, understand how it's played, and understand you know what it takes to win and how to compete uh, because uh, the simple truth is that you know if a thousand people are, are applying for these jobs uh, you need to be the one that fits it the best has, has you know has, and shows up and gets through the algorithms and uh, impresses the human reviewer and impresses the interviewer and uh, uh, the team and and it's a lot of work and and you know in in so many you know hundreds of people that I've talked to about face forward, um, uh, you know there's so many fun and you know poignant quotes that come out of it. And and one is, uh, job seeking is the hardest job anybody can have. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, so true, absolutely true. And I think that your advice is so important because. It also saves people from a lot of disappointment and and unnecessary work that they have invested in this important job of finding a job. So once they know how this is handled, once they know what they need to do to maximize their chances, um, it's also going to be their job is going to be also made easier and with a higher probability of success. That's exactly right. Thank you so much, Nachi, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your insight and also your time. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening.